I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. I use Hip Hop Statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm Dread to the Fifth Element will highlight Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. What do you call it? Urban? What do you call it? Garage? Now we just call it Digging Digits. Oh well, had so so many, so many. We're here now. Yep, retired. R.I.P. Shoutouts. R.I.P. So many shoutouts that I haven't done my (laughs) intro in about six months, and I finally ran out of them. And I was like, "Fuck, what is my intro?" (laughs) Six months. (laughs) It's a long time, man. It's like two. It's like two months at best. It's twenty-four episodes. Is it? Yeah. Is it literally twenty-four? Yeah, six times four. You haven't, you haven't been doing shouts for twenty four episodes. No, I'm gassing myself up. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, what, what you? Fuck, I wish. I'm here, bro. I'm here to call out, like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. nobody else listens. Fuck yeah. I listen. I get it. He's Fun good. fact about that urban point, right? How how funny that song came out in what like oh three or whatever, and it took how many years for a? Uh, it took how many years for um <laughs> the, the Grammys to stop using it. They still use it in Australia. I think the Aria is still is the 2004, urban. Two thousand and four. They still they just got rid of urban contemporary. Love I it. think I think the Aria still have an urban category. Really? I'm not surprised. I, I'm not going to put that on. No, it's best hip hop release now. Okay, they've they've changed it. Oh god, see that growth. Hi Ben, how's your week been? What for this two this week? Well, this week I got into a few albums. Uh, Lana Del Rey dropped the second album this year, and it's called Blue Bannisters. It's not as perfect as Chemtrails was, but Lana's gift for finding the beauty in the mundane and the rote is just deeply impressive. She's still... The narrative structure here is a bit looser. It's a bit more open plan, and it gives you a bit of whiplash because... She's really intent on crafting a space for the listener to visualize the stories that she's telling. So imagine meditating with someone telling you to change your focus every three minutes. Uh, gently, like it's not like she just like it's not total whiplash, but it is it's quite jarring. It's quite jarring. I think um the highlights for me are if you lie down with me, which is a really delicate and challenging look at the post relationship state, Violets for Roses, which is a little bit more of an uplifting look at that state. Uh, I think the the title track is really self-contained. It's very affecting. There's some clunky lyricism on here, uh, notably on Arcadia. There was, I think Arcadia was an attempt at something really grand, but like a real concept song, but it fell quite short. But outside of that, honestly, this album is pretty close to Chemtrails, which is insanely high praise. Um, you know, she, I think she's one of the greatest singers in music right now. I think her technique is flawless. I think the the way she breaks a song down and drags you into it is second to none. And I really love this album. I expected to. She had high hopes. I had high hopes going into this, and she she lived up to them. Wale, Falaran Two. Now, Wale is a beautiful human, and it really hurts me to see people criticizing him online because I love that he's never once compromised himself in order to be more widely liked. But unfortunately, that means he is beginning to sound a little bit one-dimensional because I think Wale is one of those artists I could tell you is ridiculously talented, but I couldn't tell you explicitly what his content is outside of relationships. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, 
but on his last album, I felt like he was pushing the envelope sonically. And on this, which is understandable because it's Falaran 2, so it's a sequel, he's kind of reverting back to the sound that helped him propel, you know, into the stratosphere with regard. Like, he, he has number one albums. It's not like he's, you know, in obscurity. I love, as I said, I love the, that he makes the music he wants to make. I think this album is solid. Um, there aren't many misses on here. The heights are great. Down South, Tiffany Nikes, uh, Light Years. I thought J. Cole's verse was a massive miss. You know, J. Cole's married in 36 and he's rapping, Turn around, I want to see. Do it look like how it look on IG. Bad from every angle. She got herself a trainer. I know that man can't help but take a little peek. Like, Mm. I don't know what is going on with J. Cole at the moment, but like, that verse. Ooh, ooh. Um, the album, the album is good. I really enjoyed the album. I think people should check it out. I don't think it's as good as his previous record. I think it was called Wow, That's Great. That was a really good album and very underrated. But I think this is another solid album from Wale. JPEG Mafia LP. Now. A lot of the time with this field of music, the goal is not to create something entirely coherent and listenable all the way through. Sometimes it's the moments of beauty and brilliance and melody that poke through that define the listenability and the quality. And I think that Peggy has shown time and time again, he is wholly capable of crafting a mainstream song, but maddeningly for some, but invigorating for me, whenever he touches upon that formula, he disassembles it immediately it's fucking hilarious i love it when he does that and then he moves on to the next sound i would say this album is a little less back and forth it seems like he's more interested in slowly teasing out his musical ideas rather than data dumping them every 30 seconds for an entire album i think i did a statistic once that tracked how often he changed the instrumental and it was like unbelievable you know it was unbelievable he just did it constantly this album is a little bit more it's a little bit more on the level in that sense. Um, I actually think this is his best record. I really do. I think that this is his most focused. This is his most consistent record. Uh, and I think it's his best produced. I think it's incredible. I haven't checked the production credits, but I can't imagine it's anyone other than JPEG Mafia producing. But fucking hell, man. Like, this guy just never misses. Like, literally. So, great album. 808 Vic, Live to Love. This is a great vibe. It's a really beautiful record. Uh, Shrek put me on to 808 Vic a while back now. And when this album came out, I spun it uh, the first time on, on Friday. But I didn't really sit with it. And then on Sunday afternoon, I was just hanging out with a friend chatting about the world. And we put this on and let it run back over and over and over. And it was really beautiful. Uh, it just kind of, it was a really nice day here in Sydney. And it just melted into the ambience of the warm afternoon. And it was perfect. I can highly recommend this. Um, you know, if you want to relax one afternoon, just put this on. BK the Ruler, Love Black, uh, exactly what you would anticipate from a BK the Ruler project. Super heavy synth-based instrumentals. And she oscillates between sinking back into them and letting them envelop her and then striding out ahead of them and being the primary sound. This is probably her best project. I would say it's also her most accessible. I think the melodic stretches on here are rare, but they're consistent. They do come up. And it's certainly not an album to play on a sleepy Sunday afternoon at the beach with your friends. This is the album you play when you couldn't sleep at night because you were anxious as fuck, so you decided to go for a run at 6 a.m. in the morning in total darkness. That's how I fucking consumed it, and it was perfect. Like, it just complemented that perfectly. It's very, very cagey, very anxious album. And then uh, for certain, Deluxe by Bia. 
I don't think I covered this when it initially dropped. So um, I think this album is really well sequenced. I really do. It's a genuine journey. The intro with Lil John is crazy. It's very hype. Then Skate, really spacious instrumental, and she gives a lot of time. She gives it a lot of time to breathe, and then she just kind of comes in with bars. A uh, Whole lot of Money is a great song. You know, that's the hit single. I really like that. And from there, the record kind of deconstructs itself. You know, Same Hands is a bit of a slower number with Lil Durk. And it kind of oscillates between these slower numbers and these more energetic songs. And I thought, you know, I think it's a good album. I think Big Deal is probably the, the song that came out in the deluxe. I think that's my favorite song on the album. This needed a deluxe, to be honest. It was only eight tracks initially, and I feel like we have her first full-length project now, and there's so much promise on here, and she already has a hit song, so that was a great project. So shout-out to Bea. And that's me, Charlie. What about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I got in some real good stuff this week. Um, just some couple of things I've been meaning to do the past week or so and uh yeah they're all just like super super just um unique in their own way especially for this week anyway uh so i started off with a uh, saint with an e out the blue uh, e at the end of there um so i remember spinning his ep uh M- local mvp uh a couple of months ago it must have been a couple of months ago now and i really enjoyed it it was it was it was very <laughs> it was very different um talking about uh I think uh, production-wise, especially, it was like R and B, but he came through with like a drilly kind of voice, um, but not 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 going deep into that, right? And it's kind of the same here, where well, it's not he's not going for the R and B thing. Um, I think production-wise, it's very fascinating. It's like uh, I don't want to say it's like generic mod what modern rap sounds like, um, because that sounds derogatory, but. Um, it is interesting how the production itself kind of straddles from uh, rap with like little drill elements here and there. Um, but he comes through, even though he sounds like he's, <laughs> even though he sounds like uh, just like deep, nice, deep voice, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But, you know, he, he, he always keeps it fresh. He always keeps you on your toes. He's not doing like one song about relationships. Every song has like relationship stuff in it. Every song has like uh, dealing themes uh drill themes but it's all but and then like luxury as well it's so weird it's very weird um but it's fascinating i think i'm gonna give it another spin uh when i start doing my album list uh just 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 to be sure but uh there is some it's just some fascinating stuff uh as it pertains to him uh as an artist he really fascinates me uh i can't i can't quite get a grip on what he's trying to do if that makes any sense so uh and i'm here for that i'm here i'm here for that just uh, uh that kind of switch up um lady blackbird uh black acid soul um finally got in some jazz uh, this week got in a lot of jazz this week um so giles peterson calls her the grace jones of jazz and um he, he ain't wrong. Um, this is she is such a beast with the vocals. She is so clean, man. I would love to see this woman live. Um, she would get you floating, guaranteed. Um, so yeah, this is very vocal led. Um, she kind of gives me Nina Simone vibes. You know, she's got this not not like um not not as uh, I guess as uh, I'm trying to figure out the like the spectrum, but. You know, not quite Nina Simone in like uh, the textbook Nina Simone, where it's like really deep. Um, but uh, yeah, she she's just a little bit to the left of that, just very close, like Nina adjacent. 
um, and the the subject matter is just super um, uh, super super nice. I, I love it. Um, it's like a lot a lot of talking about you know love and um, you know just these just these titles. Lost and looking. Uh, Beware the stranger is so fascinating. Just on the face of what she's talking about, it's kind of kind of gives me like imagery of uh, someone. Where you where you just see the back of their head and you never see their face, that kind of thing. It's like that just that that faceless woman walking through the street. Um, nobody knows who she is. It's so it's just, the subject matter is so vivid and so fascinating. And it goes it goes across all of, all across the album. Um, it's not that easy. It's probably a top top track for me. Uh, right on the second track there, it's just so beautiful and uh, the instrumentation throughout. Uh, just follows her, just just constantly follows her, and uh, whenever she brings up the brings up the brings up the uh, the voice, you know they come through as well. They they literally just they're one step behind her, and it's just it's just glorious. Uh, Dos Santos, uh, City of Mirrors. Um, so this is a uh, if I can find it right quick, a Latin alt Latin uh, jazz jazz band. Oh, here we go, Chicago-based alt alt Latinx band. Um, uh, basically, progressional uh, Latin uh, American kind of jazz going on, but uh, you know they got they got them vocals on there, um, mostly Spanish um, in terms of uh, the vocals and the lyric lyrical content. Um, and the I love the mixture. I love the mixture of just everything that goes on here. It's actually kind of short, it's just under forty minutes. Um, it comes and goes, but uh, yeah, it's just it's it's really nice to listen to. You know, they got the they got the um, you know they've got the Latin strings going on, but they also got like you know jazzy elements. It's a nice mix. I love it. It's, it's a really, it's a really fascinating uh, just a blend of uh, of styles. So I'm really here for that. Uh, Chiedu Oraka, uh, Av Life. Uh, it's a little EP. So <laughs> shout out to the show Brit- uh, British as Folk, uh, where uh, three comedians, uh, Ivo Graham, Fern Brady, and Darren Harriet, uh, they basically spend six episodes going across uh, the country. And basically, you know, just uh, breaking breaking down barriers as like stereotypical barriers, um, and they go to Hull of all places, uh, which is you know stereotypically as just just nothing there, just, just nothing. Um, you know, football team, rugby team, and that's about it. <laughs> it's kind of bland. Um, but yeah, they go there, and uh, Fern talks to Chiedu and uh, his uh, producer. Uh, well, I, well, yeah, it's frequent collaborator, um, especially for this project as well. Uh, let me get boss man's name, uh, D's kid. Um, and yeah, they come through here. It's like it's it's literally just northern drill. If you if you want me to just um stick it uh, stick it to a to a subject, but uh, yeah, it, I I really like it. I, I love it. I love his flows. Um, I think uh, which which track was it? Uh, I think I think it was either Ad Life or Foot of the Gas. One of the two. Um, one of them just it just hits. There's this one bit where he finds a pocket. And he just, oh, he just nails it. It's just so, so satisfying. So, uh, yeah, shout out to JD on that. That was, that was very fascinating. Uh, Big Zoo, Navigate. Um, so this is kind of, I, I love me some Big Zoo, right? I love me some Big Zoo. Um, every time he comes on a feature, especially like when it's a, you know, full on, uh, full on, you know, just aggro st- stuff like that. You know, stuff like Offline uh, on this on this particular album. Uh, variation as well. Very just boss. Love it. Just love when Big Zoo just goes hard. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I feel like he's getting caught. He's gotten caught up in something that I've noticed in UK music at the moment, where like when people don't have a specific vision for an album, they just do a little bit of everything that's going on. So you know, you got your aggro tracks in here, but you also got in the middle, you know, just like a 
uh, 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 you know, Afrobeat and you know, just throwing, they just they're throwing a throwing a mixture of everything that's popping popping right now. And I'm not saying that's a bad th- as a bad thing. I've just noticed a lot of artists do that recently. And um, yeah, I, I don't know why it's it just come to now why I have to say it uh, because it's just it's just really upfront for me. Um, so yeah, I don't know whether that you, whether you want to class that as like you know them trying to not be in, uh, uh, you know not, trying not to don't box me in kind of thing. But you know, I feel like if it's your, I think this is Big Zoo's debut album. If I remember, if I if I'm correct, um, I, I might be wrong. Uh, here we go. All right, so Tanky has three albums. Um, so yeah, there's one in 2018, and then Royal Rumble with the uh, uh, Kamikaze Eyes and Capo Lee. So let's say it's his second, right? You know, it it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to you know stick to stick to a certain vibe. Um, but yeah, he kind of just does everything okay uh, throughout this album. So you know, you, you get you get a good mix. Um, some decent features on here. You got AJ Tracy, DWE, uh, Unknown T, uh, Jamie and Novelist on Online Boss. Um, ends with Concrete Rose, which I'm, yeah, it was, it was, it's a good track, but I didn't, I didn't really want it to be the last track, I feel like Offline would be the great finish, but, um, you know, that's just me, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, it's, it's interesting how that's, uh, how it's going about right now, uh, Dua Sale, uh, crossover, um, shout out to Dua and, uh, their, uh, acting career, um, starred in, a uh, Generation and now Sex Education, um, so that's a, so shout out to shout out to do on that on that front, um, but yeah, her music still her music still bangs. Um, just a kind of like alternative psychedelic Afro beats. Um, it's crazy. Like <laughs> you get the Afro beats, you know, you get the you get the you know you get that beat going. Um, you got some features here: Duckworth on the last track, Chester Watson, Halik Maul, Amare on Fit. Um, but yeah, it's 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 so trippy at the same time. Uh, it keeps you it keeps you on your toes, and she just goes all over the place. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, shout out to doing that no EP. And lastly, Nubia Garcia, not Nubia, uh, as uh, Lauren Laverne uh, told me on a Mercury Prize uh, broadcast. It's Nubia Garcia. It, it looks like Nubia. It looks like a cool way of saying Nubia, but it's Nubia apparently. Um, source, we move, and there's a little thing in the middle. I don't know whether it's, it looks like a H, but it's not. It's like um, it's like the two. Uh, the Roman numerals too, with a line in it. I'm wondering what the fuck that symbol is and how to get it, because I have no idea how how that is even achieved through keystrokes. <laughs> um, so, I want uh, let me know on that front uh, for Miss Garcia who's listening. Uh, but yeah, this is basically just a remix album of her album Source um, that came out. Uh, oh, when did it come out? Was it this year or last year? Well, it must have been. Yeah, it's 2020. Last year, last summer. And uh, yeah, this is great. I love these. I love these remixes. Uh, you got Nala Sinefro, who I uh, peeped a couple of weeks ago on "Together Is a Beautiful Place to Be." Uh, DJ Harrison on "The Message Continues" bangs. Uh, Georgia Ann Muldrow comes in again with another hip hop banger on "Boundless Beings." Love that uh, remix. Uh, Kia A, which is a you know favorite of some people, "Stand with Each Other" remix. Also very nice. Uh, but my favorite definitely. Uh, actually, and shout out to the um, La Cumbia uh, Miesta Lamando. Uh, there's a couple of remixes. There's different remixes on those. Uh, both of them are good. Uh, the Katy Kaidi Tatham remix, and also the Suri Kata as well. Um, and lastly, uh, just Pace Moses Boyd. Uh, that 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 fucking goes off as the last track goes off. Um, you know, you have a uh, Nubia's uh, saxophone just like echoing through it, uh, but Moses Boyd just fucking goes off on the drums, and it basically turns into like a uh, a, a drum and bass uh, track without the bass. 
Um, it's just it's just so fast paced. I fucking love it. Absolute heater. And with that said, we hop into our topic of this episode, finishing off our UK Black History Month celebrations with the Godfather of Grime, uh, Wiley. So fascinating. Um, uh, uh, I guess uh, what do you want to call it? What do you call it? Um, <laughs> I tripped up on that one. <laughs> uh, fascinating, uh, just just revelation, I guess. Um, I was go, I went into this, um, you know, just assuming everyone would know about Wiley's uh, recent antics, uh, we shall say, um, since they are, you know, very just plainly seen. Uh, well, on his non-social media now, um, and uh, obviously on his Wikipedia. But um, Ben was not aware, and uh, so I feel like if Ben was not aware, then most of you aren't aware. So just to, you know, just to get out of the way, in the past couple of years, Wiley has been basically fulfilling the name in uh, a lot of ways uh, with the while bit. Wiley, get it? Um, And yeah, so he's been basically caught out on a lot of anti-Semitism rhetoric, uh, had an interview with Sky News that was very, uh, that was was, uh, talked about a lot. Um, at the time, and he basically was, you know, saying like, you know, bin my, I'll throw my, I'll bin my MBE stuff like that, which on that front I'm not too against. Um, but yeah, he's had a lot of anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic uh, uh, references um, as it pertains to the music business. You can see where that's going. Got kicked off, got kicked off the Twitter, which um, I feel like, you know, while it's understandable, I feel like there are a lot of people on Twitter that should also be banned if he's, if he's the, if he's the level. But I won't get into that. Um, and yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's just been a lot of all over the place. And also uh, recently, uh, literally this summer, um, was uh, uh, arrested on a assault and burglary charges. Um, so it hasn't been a good couple of years uh, for Wiley. Um, but he's still continued to do music, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, we shall get to one of those, especially um, <laughs> in, t- in reference to all this. Um, but I feel like if Ben did, was not aware until he looked up uh, recently then most of you guys aren't either, so I thought I would throw that out there, and yeah, and uh, we shall continue on from there and just state for the fact that is the case, as it pertains to Wiley. But past that, he obviously has a music career, and we're obviously going to get into uh, the discography um, in, in in the fashion that we did uh, Mary J. Blige, and actually as a side note before we truly begin, um, we've noticed in, you know, in, obviously in uh, in the first couple in the first year especially um when we weren't doing retrospectives in the way we were doing it we doing it now uh we were doing it more of like you know career existential wise and you know how how we how people see that particular artist and obviously we did very popular artists at the time you know snoop dre nas excuse me to common to name a few um so if you guys actually rate this way of doing retrospectives where we go across their discography instead of you know their you know, overall storylines of their careers, um, and talking more existentially and more critically, um, let us know which one you prefer, if you can, because um, I feel like, you know, obviously we can't do both, um, but it's worth choosing. Um, but we, we kind of just evolved into doing album to album and basically just doing as much albums as possible uh, at some point. But, uh, you know, I would like to do that for Nas and, you know, do it for Common and all those guys because I feel like, you know, it's very necessary. It'll be fun to do. Um, we were literally talking about Snoop Dogg the other week and, like, hmm. bro, we, re- we really missed out on talking about, you know, that, that, that fucking three stretch mm. of blue carpet dreaming RNG and... Uh, 
pay the cost to be the boss. So, you know, we'd love to talk about that. But anyway, uh, that's, that's just a side note, kind of housekeeping. Uh, let's get into some Wiley. Uh, we got four, what is it, <laughs> 15 albums to get through <laughs> in a space of an hour um, or 40 minutes, whatever it is. So, uh, yeah. We're going to split in half, um, so, uh, well, we got, we're got we going to do the first album together in terms of critiquing, and then uh, we're going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> uh, prepare the gauntlet and strap in, so when you're ready, Ben, let's, uh, let's jump right in. Yeah, um, I'll speak very shortly about the anti-Semitism at the end, because the last album is... Uh, references yeah. that but i'll give a very short intro while i was born in east london he grew up in the area and he was introduced to hip-hop by the sugar hill gang in his very formative years and it was his father richard cowie senior who fostered wiley's love of music now his dad was a musician and he owned a drum machine keyboard sequences bass guitars record decks basically everything you need to become an artist so dj became wiley's first foray into the scene where he would dj house parties with his friends and he told the guardian uh, the root of all this grind business was house parties, proper house parties with a proper system. Now, while his friend Dean Fulham actually set up Rinse FM in 1994, which is a legendary pirate radio station, Wiley and his friends began broadcasting and building themselves an audience outside of their local area. Um, it was an aside, though. Um, you know, like it was music to him wasn't his main focus at this time. He did a DJ Vlad interview and. <laughs> As DJ Vlad liked to point out about fucking 50 times in their interview, Wiley was existing outside of the law and he was earning a lot of money, but also earning himself a lot of enemies. And he told Vlad that that side of life never really appealed to him. He never saw the glamour in it, just sadness and pain. Um, thankfully, he and his friends had music. DJ Target said this to Red Bull Music. Uh, when we were young, we had a little rap group. Wiley's dad took us to meet proper producers with plaques on the walls. We were only about 11 or 12 years old, really thinking we were going to make it. We were called Cross Colors. Now, the SS crew grew out of this, which was Wiley, Target, Maxwell D, Breeze, Caspit, a few others. And they mainly played house parties together, recording whenever they could get up enough money for studio time. And as the crew streamlined down to Wiley, Target, and Maxwell D, they renamed themselves the Ladies Hit Squad, which is a name that Wiley refused to comment on in his Vlad interview. I think it's a fucking horrific name for a fucking rap group. But Wiley recorded a song called Know Me, and he began selling it to record stores. Now, he linked up with Maxwell D's deal with a... Maxwell D had a deal with a booking agent, and uh, and Wiley, like, tapped into that. And so the song ended up selling about 15,000 copies. So that was kind of where Wiley got on. So Ladies Hit Squad morphed into Pay As You Go, and they were picked up by Sony Records for the song Champagne Dance in a strike of really good networking. And the song went number 12 on the UK singles chart, which is absolutely massive. Now, Wiley has always been about sharing the, acc the accolades and the love. And I see the UK scene similarly to the US scene from about 10 to 15 years prior. So in the late 90s and early 2000s, crews were massive in the UK. If you weren't in a crew, you weren't really part of the scene. So Wiley created Roll Deep, and as he said in interviews, he was drifting away from the sound of the moment, which was notably the pay-as-you-go sound, because the production he wanted to rap over was more sparse. He told DJ Vlad it was underproduced, and that this new style wasn't meshing with the people around him. So he invented his own term for it, which is Esky, Esky Beat. And he said this to Martin Clark. They kept telling me I couldn't have a tune with just a kick and a snare, and I was like, why can't I? I left because they kept telling me I couldn't do stuff. So if you listen to his first album, he is he rejects Garage pretty 
constantly, you know, and that was the sound of the time with garage music. And so Wiley wanted something different. And this is how grime grew. Grime grew from this. Um, and we may never have had a Wiley without a Dizzy. Now, Wiley said that he and Dizzy linked up early when Dizzy's success in mainstream uh, cut through convinced him to leave his current life and pursue music. So Dizzy, even though Wiley is seen as Dizzy's mentor, Dizzy was, you know, more commercially successful at the start. And DJ, uh, sorry, Dizzy was called um, Dizzy D when he was younger. And he was also linked up with Target, who was a huge part of UK grime. And they met at Target's house one day and Wiley was, you know, suitably impressed with Dizzy's music. And Dizzy became a natural fit for Roll Deep. Um, it's undoubtedly Dizzy who exploded out of the blocks. They were both signed to XL, but whilst Wiley's debut album never charted, Dizzy's went number three and became the grime blueprint. And of course, their beef is now legendary, but in recent years they reconciled, and Wiley really credits Dizzy with a lot, and Dizzy similarly. So, you know, if you take anything from this episode, it's that they'll always be intrinsically linked due to being actual pillars of grime music, but... The key is here that Wiley was at the absolute forefront of creating grime music and we get his debut album Treading on Thin Ice which dropped in 2004 which was a whole year after Boy in the Corner but yeah so if you want to jump into that Charlie we're going to do this one together and then we'll go back and forth. Yeah so um, Treading on Thin Ice yeah I've... <laughs> Did you eat all the pies is... Charlie? Oh no is that is that this album or is it the next one? Yeah yeah you got it yeah yeah you got the joke off right so um, yeah, so, uh, apart from what do you call it, which is probably like the, uh, what is it? Like the rapper's delight of grime, I feel. <laughs> that's probably good. <laughs> I think that's actually a good, uh, yeah, cause it's, yeah, it was top 40 in the charts. So it made the UK top 40. So I feel like that's a good, a good shout. The Sugar Hill. Yeah. Yeah. What do you call it? The rapper's delight of, uh, of grime. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, obviously the biggest track of this. Um, but, uh, yes, there is one called Pies, which, um, basically takes a, uh, do, oh God, do, do football, do football fans even use the, who ate all the pies chant like anymore? I feel like that's such a, we used to I feel use like it that died. I feel back like, in the early you, 2000s. Okay. Yeah. That was a big yeah, one. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel like that died, uh, oh, it died on bad. the 2010s. Yeah. yeah. Who ate all the pies? Yeah, yeah. Once everyone got like you know actual training, like you know, it's, it's kind of, it made sense in like the seventies where like people were smoking as they were fucking playing football. Um, but anyway, yeah. So you know, this album's okay. Uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, and I feel like we're gonna be very bare. But I, well, I'm gonna be very bare bones with what how I talk about these albums because of the time. Um, this is okay. Like uh, you know, if you listen to what you call it. Um, you know, you kind of heard the rest of the album. I feel like uh, there's a couple of tracks that go off the similar uh, production. Uh, I mean, most of the production is by Wiley anyway, so you know, uh, it, you know, it kind of kind of makes sense, I guess. But uh, yeah, it, it it makes it it makes the statement of uh, grime of what of where it is, you know, of uh, where it is at this point. But even with that said, you know. Boy in the Corner, I have to compare it to Boy in the Corner because, Jesus Christ, Boy in the Corner is kind of like, even though it takes, obviously, you know, it's obviously a, another grime album, this is, I guess, more of what Wiley saw grime as. Well, Wiley, uh, Wiley's SQB trying to do something, like, I know that it's the same, but he kept trying to say it was Esky Beat, and I think... 
I feel and that's like fine. I could be wrong in this, but I feel like he was trying to distinguish himself from Boy in the Corner. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, uh, probably, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. But he's all, but like you said, um, like you said, off wax. Like he he made he he tried to make it very sh- very clear that this is not garage. Yeah, yeah. This is not uh. This is not what 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 urban whatever the fuck that is. Right. It's not um house. It's none of that. I mean, Graham, you know, I think uh. Is the word etymology? Um, you know, it, it, its roots is from garage and jungle. Um, jungle being, uh, you know, basically drum and bass when black people had it. Um, so yeah, you know, I I could see where people, if at that time, were going like, oh, oh, right, so this is garage. It's like, no, it's not garage. It's mm. SKB or yeah. it's grime, right? It's, it's not that. So I can see why he was very, very adamant about. You know, a call, a, literally, what do you call it? So, you know, he made he made it clear, and that's fine. Um, as an album itself, it's okay, right? It's just fine. You know, um, I I personally don't like Bias as a song. I think it's just very basic. Like, oh 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 yeah, like the football chant. Yeah, I see what he did there. Um, you know, next level with Tinchy Strider. I didn't realize Tinchy Strider was like in the game by this no, tw- this uh, still at this point. We need to do. He might he might need a uh, he might need a retrospective maybe next year who knows um I mean he has four albums so might might be worth it but anyway um yeah Tinchy Stride, J2K on Kane on next level uh you know, Kane on special girl ooh, ooh, oof oof yeah don't, oof, oof. yeah do you want start from there Ben go for it. <laughs> start well, there what did you I feel? mean uh, <laughs> right that is a terrible song I I don't know what it is with <laughs> Wiley and Kano but they have never ever gotten it right. <laughs> They've never gotten it right. You're gonna see over as we progress every single time they link up. It's just and that's one yes. thing about Wiley. Um, his relationship songs, I I don't like at all. I don't think I I don't like any of. I don't think I've ever liked a Wiley relationship song. I I think they're just mm. like they go down like a lead balloon, man. They're not great. Um, but with you <laughs> know, tries. I was thinking about like the the rappers delight. I would have thought Fix Up Look Sharp would have been that. I would have thought that would be the rappers delight of Grime. Is it not? Uh, I think okay. Let's say this because I feel like one of these songs. Okay, let's do this. One of this. One of these songs is the breaks, and one of these songs is rapper's delight. So oh, I see the vibe. See, see what I'm getting at? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good comparison. So take take your pick of which which one's the breaks and which one's rapper's delight. Mm. But I feel like probably those are the two where yeah. I, but but that's a good shout. That is a good shout on the fix up look shot. Yeah, so just on this album, um, Wiley told Vlad that he doesn't like this album, uh, although he did say that he usually doesn't like his old records. Um, in the Guardian review of the record, which gave it a 4 out of 5, they hammered the decline of Garage, and they criticized like the Artful Dodger for dropping off the map. Uh, Garage is a very loaded term for Wiley on this record. He constantly distances himself from it. And pre-album, Wiley was open about being depressed and feeling pain and anguish. And Wiley produced most of this record himself, and a lot of the people at the time were claiming that this was a much softer landing into the genre of grime than Boy in the Corner, and I guess it is. I think, you know, yeah. I, I what I love about it is, like, Going Mad, for example, has that frank honesty and that wit, you know? Um, mm-hmm. We don't have the cagey angst of Boy in the Corner, and I know that, uh, like... We shouldn't. We're gonna compare because it's fucking. They came out on the same same label. They were like a year apart. Um, I just think, you know, I think going mad. Pick yourself up. The final two tracks are a really brilliant. One two punch as well. The title track. 
Uh, I was lost, which is a really dark look into the life Wiley was attempting to leave behind at this stage, something he speaks openly about in interviews as being genuinely harrowing. This kind of self-awareness, it's crucial and central to grime, and I think it's something that set it apart from the American scene because American hip-hop was way more overt and imperious, whereas British grime brought in more introspection and analysis. You know, when Jay-Z dropped Song Cry, everyone fawned, but it wouldn't have made those waves in the UK scene because that UK scene is built off self-criticism and nihilism and introspection. And I think that it's a really good introduction. I I think it's not polished. I don't think it's very well polished, treading on thin ice. It's, no. it's nowhere near the level of Boy in the Corner. And then obviously Dizzy drops Showtime in 2004. Stop and it's you. such a weird... Like Wiley, he he got left behind at the starting line. It's it's so odd, man. Like that, it takes him a long time, as you'll see as we go through this episode. It takes him a long time to get back to that Godfather kind of status, um, or that imperious status. But he gets there eventually. But yeah, that's my thoughts on his debut album. Yeah. So the next one is the second phase, which I'll just hop into. Um, it's it's a, it's a sophomore album. Um, and by that, I just mean it's, uh, it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's, again, it's, it's fine. Um, there's more features on here. Um, you have a Jamie on a few tracks, uh, carry out orders is okay. Grim, uh, with ears, uh, keep moving. Once it gets to like the second half of the album, it kind of Kind of takes a dip. He's doing the girl thing, you know, mystery girl. Mystery girl is horrible. <laughs> Ooh, oh, that's mystery a bad girls. song. Oh. Mystery girl is no not way. great. No um, way. So yeah, it kind of takes a dip. Um, but I do. I love tra- like tracks like Stormy Weather. Love those mm. kind of tracks. Loved Stormy Weather. Um, I love the. I guess it's the sample behind it, and the and like you hear the girl going Stormy Weather. It's it's. Oh, so nice. I, I love that track, especially. Um, but yeah, past that, it kind of just regresses to the mean. And I feel like that's a lot of... Uh, that, that, I'm, I'm going to be saying that a lot, where, you know, it kind of just gets into, like, a just, a... just a middling part where it's like, you know, hmm. Johnny was a bad boy. It's like, okay. Like, eh, it's like, you know what I mean? Then, you know, it flips up some features. You know what I mean? They get on, in on it. Um, but it's not always, it, it doesn't always hit, um, you know, it's not, I think most of the albums I've experienced this week have like been, you know, fine to start and then it kind of gets out and it, you, know, you don't know where it's going to go after track three kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of that, kind of that case. It's, it, you know, it starts off fine, you know, and then you get stormy weather. I'm like, yes. And carry orders of Jamie. I'm like, cool. Um, and then it gets to like one avalanche and keep moving and mystery girl and friday mm. night and it's like baby mm. <laughs> yeah so uh you know it's 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 uh it, in, in the in the overall rankings like and this is the thing i don't know whether to, you know i i don't want I, I feel like when we do something of this nature i feel like i have to say whether it should it's actually worth a listen but i don't want to be that i don't want to do that because it's uh, well to be fair this is oh six so uh, was it 06? Uh, yeah, 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 06. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I yeah. think that's the that's the crux of it. Yeah, I think it's too the, late. if this was oh, if this was oh four, if this yeah. was like you know the next year, oh, maybe. Four. But oh, yeah, oh six. There's oh, some six. time passed. There's some there's some comparable projects now at this point in grime, especially in grime. Like uh, didn't like a 
Skepta did his first mixtape for this time. Yeah, obviously, I think so. like you said, Dizzy's done a couple. Of, like, did Showtime and Mass and English was just about to come out as well. Like, yeah, yeah. This is this is yeah. It's it's. And Kano like already said, left dropped. At the starting, so yeah, Kano already home. dropped. Like yeah, you, you know. Can't. I feel like I feel like Wiley is yeah yeah. Well, actually, that's more of a finishing point. But yeah, it, second phase. It's a sophomore album in every sense of the word. It's just that. Mm. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a, don't know where don't know where he wants to go with it kind of thing. So yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> well then, playtime was over. So two thousand seven. Yeah, what's going on with that? Two thousand. I think that? it was two thousand seven. Um, ten production credits for Wiley. Uh, no qualms is produced by Skepta and features JME. And this album was meant to be Wiley's last, but you know we know that didn't happen. And there's about ten Wiley's yeah. last albums. He he regularly says. <laughs> Uh, it charted 71 on the UK albums chart. I think that was his first charting project. Um, this is where the Dizzy beef really took hold. So I speak on it briefly. Dizzy was part of the Royal Tiny. Deep crew. And uh, many say that Wiley was Dizzy's mentor. Wiley was on Too Far off Dizzy's debut album. But it was an banger. incident in 2003. Yeah, banger. That sparked the issue. So Roll Deep became embroiled in an altercation with So Solid Crew, which was a collective that formed in London in the late 90s. And oh, Carl yeah. Morgan, AM Sniper, along with uh, Lisa Mafia. Now, Dizzy allegedly groped Lisa Mafia, according to The Guardian, and Dizzy was dragged from his scooter and stabbed repeatedly. Now, Wiley told Time Out in 2016 this is where the beef began, and I quote him The reason we haven't spoken for years, basically, me and Dizzy went out one night and there was some fighting with another crew. Then the next day, I decided to carry it on, but I didn't pull out a knife. I was just fighting. Well, after we started it up again, those guys came looking for us, but the person they found was Dizzy. The thing we'd done the next morning led them to go looking for us, but see him and stab him. Now I'm older, I can see. Dizzy in his head will always be thinking, I know we got into a beef, I know something started, but you lot carried it on the next day. If you'd left it, I wouldn't have got stabbed. That is the reason Dizzy and me haven't spoken all these years. And Wiley said in his autobiography, maybe I was naive, but I didn't think it was going to be anything serious. This is all young men, or egos, pride, beefing. Something happened, something else happened, and suddenly it spiraled out of control. So we lost Dizzy after this. It turned out that he was on his moped. He ran into another group of boys from one of the crews. I wish he wasn't on his own when it happened. I wish he'd stayed with me. That's all I wish, because if he stuck with us, then it might have been a different story. So, you know, Dizzy thinks... That you know, the next day he, you know, they got into a beef, and then Wiley's crew continued, and then Dizzy was alone and got stabbed. And to be one thousand percent transparent, Lisa Mafia has denied the allegations that she was involved at all. Um, so we don't even know in the end, you know. So vicious mm-hmm. diss tracks have gone on. Like you will no doubt notice Wiley referring to Dizzy as Rascal repeatedly on his first two albums, but it wasn't really until Letter to Dizzy on this record that things were truly formalized. And the song to me is pretty sad. Uh, it feels like Wiley is feeling that same loneliness Dizzy felt when he got drunk, jumped alone. And if you look at it from Dizzy's perspective, it looks, you know, it doesn't look great. It looks a bit rough. Mm-hmm. And Wiley's decision to retire after this album made sense at the time because Wiley Wiley like he was that the name was becoming apt uh he had a young daughter and the title of one of Vlad's interviews is Wiley on getting stabbed seven times within three weeks by the same person he was allegedly stabbed multiple times in 2008 
uh, the stabbing that left him with his face scar. And if you listen to his interviews, he was clearly tired of music, tired of trying to exist in those spaces. He said the problem was that local people felt entitled to some of his success. And because everyone knew where he was going to be performing every night, he was regularly confronted, often alone. I think the album is good. It's more anxious. It's more frenetic. It's darker. Uh, the relationship tracks fall short, absolutely. But tracks like Gangsters, they don't read as glamorizing. It reads as, you know, it, it's it's sad and it's powerful and it's honest and it's authentic. And there's plenty of uplifting messages on here. My Mistakes is a great example of that. And that will become more and more clear as we go through his discography that this is a huge theme in his music. Uh, but I mm. felt like after this record, the discography does not, it dips dramatically until we get to The Godfather. There's some real poor albums that we're about to talk about. Oh, well, you, you don't know. Might, I might well, have, I might have some that maybe were, Charlie's. I might have some that were. You like listening <laughs> to Kano do- in, in auto-tune, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't assume. Not on my albums. I, I do know those are my albums, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, I'm talking as if like you haven't heard my stuff. That's why I'm word it like that um so my next one's grime wave uh which dropped in 08 um i actually don't mind this album um i i feel like he gives a lot of the a lot of the keys to other people um so blazing triggs if i if you're going out i'm going out twos okay but um he's also but you know the track itself is kind of just like i don't know it's kind of paranoid um because why he starts off with me stay in and you're going out nah you stay in I'm going out it's okay I know we both like to rave but you like to rave I like to save it's alright though here I go spending money champagne five eyes everything's funny <clears throat> it's kind of like a I don't know it's kind of like a paranoia to, to that particular track I find it a bit weird it's like if you're going out then I'm going out it's like okay alright I feel like are you like 19 like <laughs> why are you talking like this but yeah, so you know this album's okay. It, you know, I think the features uh, really uh, carry it very nicely. Uh, Messi and Tinchy Strider on "Living in London." Uh, it's a par again with uh, Messi and Tinchy Strider and also Flo Dan. Um, so yeah, there's some there's some there's some okay stuff here. I think uh, a lot of, a, a major issue I get with uh, Wiley sometimes is the is the is the hooks. Um, and not to compare to Dizzy Rascal, but the reason why I think Dizzy Rascal is so freaking up there with like any, put him up against anybody is because his hooks are just fucking elite. Mm-hmm. Like he has mm-hmm. some elite hooks. But sometimes when I listen to a Wiley hook, I'm just like, oh, it's, just, it's just so, they're so, I don't know. It's like, they're so, like everything else is creative, but then it's, then like the hooks are just like, okay, cool 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 bars guys um so yeah it's, it, it just it, it kind of when bad men are talking somewhere uh you better keep on walking you got what fam you men are falling you can't circle the kings are ruling stuff like that that's okay yeah that's i think that's a i think that's an example of a good one uh that's a i think that was a bad man talking but yeah sometimes uh, i'm trying to find a better a worse example but i can't find it for the moment but yeah it's uh, there's sometimes where just the, the 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 hook just takes me completely out of it but uh, you know i think this is actually an okay album um you know i think production wise it's still mainly him i think it's, uh, if i loosely count it's about 50 percent him um but yeah you know also i think it's because it's also 40 minutes <laughs> there's, that there's that too because some of these albums i'm gonna get into are so extraordinarily long it makes no sense so 
yeah, I think I think this uh, it kind of goes downhill for me at this point. Uh, mm. But yeah, yeah. Ironically, we get, where am I rolling? Yeah, where am I rolling? On the same year, by the way, probably his. Yeah, which is fascinating. Despite claiming Very he was going to retire in 2007, he decided Drops to drop two, two LPs in 2008. Um, where am I Rolex is probably his best hook. Fucking absolute straight up. Oh, this is most memorable, that's for sure. No issues with that at all. Um, this is what he said about it in 2008. He said, I think it's electro. It's electro. It's dance music, basically. And I think that the sample in it from old school helped it to sort of be today what it is dance music thing so i put a grime element to it everyone says ah this tune's gonna pave the way for grime it's not because it's not grime on its own is it but it will what it will do is pave the way for open-minded people who would do that sort of kind of music or any kind of music or try to get through the door that's what i will do uh obviously my album is going to come out next after this wearing my rolex is going to be grime i call it commercial grime now um so it's interesting uh Mm. Look, this is what I'm curious about. This could we blame the entire UK hip house infatuation on wearing my Rolex? Because Dizzy's pop forays prior to this was still very grime, like Sirens, Flex. Wearing my Rolex came out a month prior to Dance with Me. Now, I wouldn't necessarily call Dance with Me hip house because if anyone's listened to early Calvin Harris, it's basically acceptable in the 80s with a Dizzy Rascal performance on top of it. Yep. yep. Wearing my Rolex is wild as fuck. Number two on the UK charts and everything changed after that. And it wasn't like Wiley just tried something randomly on this album and it worked. See Clear now with Kano and Scorcher cash in my pocket these are epic departures especially cash in my pocket which was everywhere in 2008 and it's really fucking irritating because that daniel merriweather hook is like listening to aloe black with a lobotomy like it's just horrendous (laughs) oh my days don't even i don't ever want to hear that fucking hook ever again for the rest of my life um like 5 a.m is a misguided attempt at a slow burner step by step is an absolute hot mess uh uk electro legends hot chipper on here um and they sound ethereal and this weird tonka trick truck beat that kind of builds into this stunning groove but wiley over the top of it he looks like a baby giraffe just wobbling everywhere like slipping and sliding it's just it's so it's so disconcerting it's a total mess you know and I don't know, man. There's a few grime moments on here, and that's cool. But if it's if it's like if it was like the Skepta situation where he he went for the bag, he he did that album and then came back immediately. That I think that's okay. But what you're about to discover is he did not do that at all. Like you know, it just continues for the next X amount of years. And bro, this album is bad. It's it's bad. Like it's not his worst. It can't be his worst. It has wearing my Rolex on it, but it's yeah saves it. It's a rough one, man. It's a rough listen. That one. That one really hit me. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one for me is I think it's Race Against Time. Yes, it is. Two thousand and nine. So they're coming thick and they're coming uh, very fast here. Oh, he's consistent. Um, no doubt. Yeah. So um, I was blessed with too many men once again. Uh, which we talked about on the Skepta episode, so I'll leave that out of the, out of the conversation right quick. Um, past that, there's some, um, you know, there's the She Glowing remix Oof. with uh, Getson Kano. 
Um, that. Oh. Uh. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's un- it's genuinely unlistenable. Even. It's like it's. I can't. It's horrific. I can't even. What did I they do? Even. Why did they do? She that? was glow. She was glowing up. Nightclub blowing up. Didn't have a show, but hey, I'm still showing up. <laughs> Look at the bottles. She pa- champagne flowing out. Of course, I spend more than the bag when I'm mowing up. Yep, yep, another one impressing her, but she ain't impressed by the fame and the dough, you know. But I just like to see her face glowing up. So red carpet, backseat are rolling up. One rule for her, one rule for me, because she don't want to don't want to be even. I don't want to be the one to go back and pack my bags and tell her I'm leaving. I'm trying to give her a chance. I think she needs to learn the meaning. It's no fling. I'm carrying feelings. So when I'm with you, it's like I'm dreaming. <sighs> he is. I, I just, it just it just falls so flat when they do this. I, I don't know why. I just, it, well, I do know it's why. It's the embodiment it's just, of the word oof. Oof. It's oh, so oof. It's, oh, God damn it. It's so, yeah. And, um, yeah, this album's so middling. Like, it's, it's so middling to me. Uh, you know, stretches, stretches of it, I kind of just, I kind of just tune out. Like, Eyes of the Lord, Hummer Activity. Um, I do like Bang. Hummer Activity. I do love Bang. Bang okay. is the song. is the rare heater. Actually, I think yeah. if I do, I remember this. Do I remember this correctly? Am I missing that? No, it's, this is another album. Um, but yeah, Bang. Actually, the last few, the last third is actually not bad. I actually enjoy the last half of the uh, uh not last half. Uh, past where's my, I think where's my brother? I think yeah, past where's my brother? I think the album is fine. Um, I do love Bang. I feel like that's a real top track from from Miley. I think he really just he he finds a pocket in here in this out in this song that just absolutely goes off. So you know it, it's kind of it's a very um, you know driven uh, to to the <clears throat> kind of driven to the you know getting the crowds to say Bang all the time. So he goes crowd say Bang. Wiley's a don, can't stop me when I'm writing a song. Can't step on the level or vibe when you're on stage show set that are live and we're gone. Bang, Wiley's a Don, can't stop me when I'm writing a song, can't step level of... Like, it's just, it, it, it goes off, like, it's not like the most lyrically, you know, out there track. Wiley's a baller, you didn't think my money would get taller, invade your land, then I become ruler, answer your phone, it's a private caller. Bang, do it, I'm not a staller. You didn't think, uh, you didn't think my money would get taller, invade your land. It's bang, it, it's repetitive, but it's really good. It's, it's really vibey, uh, like, you, you get the finger guns out. That is a rare heater from Wiley, like a rare, just absolute tune. I would generally put on a rare rotation. Um, yeah, and then it gets like zip it up with gigs and trigger, um, and it just goes on from there. But yeah, um, you know, it, it, there's some. It, it's a little. It's, it's okay here. It's okay. I think in the you know compared to the albums we've gone through so far, it's good. It's fine. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's still not. It's still not that. It's still not a back to front heater. You know what I mean? It's still not a constant. Uh, front to back, no skips. You know what I mean, and we haven't gotten that yet. I don't think uh, with that. So, but 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 Ben, do we get that with hundred percent publishing? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. We don't get that. Do you like that tea up? <laughs> do you like yeah, that? Absolutely. <laughs> Through that ball to you. <laughs> um, out, out for six that one. <laughs> in in, in two thousand and ten, while he did an interview with the Guardian, and when he did the interview, he was signed to Island for a four album deal. Now, none of those four promised albums came out under Ireland. 
Um, wow. Wiley's extracurricular motives and moves were really causing his career distress by 2010. He didn't even turn up to the Wearing My Rolex video shoot because he was recovering from another stabbing. And when he did turn up, he said it was a white man's vision and he left, um, which, you know, you can't fault. Uh, he said, and, and this is the thing, and that I say that to say, like, mm. Wiley never played the game. He didn't play the industry game. Mm. Um, mm. And he said this about his scattered approach to the industry. When you're meant to be here on that day or there on that day, but I might just be in a studio or in Manchester or in another country. What my brain said it wanted to do on that day. Like once it said, I want to go to Jamaica. And then everyone's calling me like, where are you? And I'm like, oh shit, I'm in Jamaica. And I don't know when I'll be back. So, you know, Wiley kind of does whatever the fuck he wants. And we like that about him. We absolutely love that about his music. But, you know, it, it really hurt his career by this stage. And obviously, as we get further in, it, it hurts it even more. But um, 100% Publishing came out on Big Data, not Island. And Wiley, for his part, claimed he was told to make his previous album or forced to make it, and he hated it. And Guardian wrote this in 2010. I really like it. Thinking about what Wiley's career would have could have been is frustrating. The breadth and depth of his talent is such that he could have been to British urban music this decade what Timberland was to American urban music in the 90s, an auteur producer who could make stars out of singers and MCs merely by farming his beats out to them. And the thing that really interested me about that is when we get to his best albums, the majority of the songs, the overwhelming majority, he did not produce. I find that really fascinating because I don't think he's a bad producer at all. Um, anyway, this album is a mess. Like, I think Numbers in Action is fucking brilliant. I think that's why Wiley was so ridiculously influential because it's an entirely unexpected beat. That quicker BPM associated with grind, but totally stripped back. And Wiley just sounds so stark on top of it. Um, Boom Boom is straight up early grime, that recognizable sample getting obliterated with a rapid BPM, but then the album really drifts. I think Wiley has done a lot with a little. Um, I think, like, for example, where someone like Mike Skinner went really existential with Everything is Borrowed, I think Wiley tried to keep a foot in both camps. So rather than take the commercial hit that Mike Skinner did with The Streets, Wiley tried to stay on the chart whilst heading down a slightly more ponderous road because I think, you know, something like Talk About Life is really woeful. It's sleepy, it's dull. Um, Young Street is just a rehash of what he tried to do with Numbers in Action and it's close to unlistenable. Pink Lady, another relationship track, which is super low tier. The singing on the hook is 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 awful. Um, then we get something like Up There, which is much warmer. One Hit Wonder is brilliant. The final track is great too. And I think anytime Wiley tries to depart from grime, he languishes. He sounds unmixed. Oh, he sounds offbeat. He sounds out of his depth. And that's, as I say, it just keeps getting more and more relevant that when we get to it, we'll get to it. I'm building guys up to when we're getting to it. But that was that was that album, man. It's just, it is not great. It's, it's a poor yeah, album. Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't get any better with Evolve or Be Extinct. Um, this, this is horrible. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just. And not even because of like stuff like Boom Blast, which is, ugh, oh god, just the just the outright, just generic like, I don't know. Let's get it down. Like it's just trying, it's just trying to be Monday Night Mayhem, like fucking, just club scene uh, kind of stuff. It it, oh, it just doesn't heal. And then I'm I'm skanking. Oh, 
I'm skanking. Like, why? 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 And then, like, but then it has stuff like, can I have a taxi, please? And customs. What the fuck is customs? It's like the, it's like a four minute skit. And it's horrible. I don't get it. It was so jarring. I was just, I messaged Ben, like, as I was, straight after I listened to it, I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? And then I got to, and then, like, this is just an album was so interesting, right? Because it has a really just, the, the most stripped back production you've ever heard in your life. Like, it's literally just, like, two, it's like two drums, that's it. And, and it echoes. But it, I, I, I don't know, but you hear the, re- but you, you're going through the rest of the album and you're just like, I want to appreciate this, but I can't because I've listened to the rest of the, what I've heard so far and it was painful. So I can't, I can't even get over it. Um, and then it just gets into more club shit, like daiquiris. Ugh, god damn, it's just busy at the bar, sipping daiquiris over here. It's like, okay, right. You know, it just, it's just more of the same. And it's like, it's just, I mean, it's 2012. Like, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything different. But like, it's just like, it's, it's such a, it's, it's, it's one big club album. Um, like it more more or less to be honest, right? There may be some changes here and there, but overall, it's just a super extraordinarily large double album, seventy minutes long, and I I don't know where this positive feedback from the public and critics was from. Um, you know, seventy three on Metacritic, seven point two from Pitchfork. What the fuck, are you lost smoking? Like honestly, like did you did you change did Pitchfork change that in their re reviews? I hope they did. No, um, they just fucking move big boys score down for no fucking reason. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, let's wait for next week. Let's wait for next week because that might be the bites uh, one of the bites topics. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> a good idea, actually. Yeah, because I, I think we were gonna do that. So yeah, let's do that. Um, so yeah, um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a double album. It's it's it shouldn't be. Um, it should have stopped. At, yeah, it should have stopped at one disc. Um, I just. I can't. I can't really get. I can't. I can't believe this actually charted. I. I just don't like it at all. Boom Blast sucks. Um, I'm skanking weirdo. Can I have a taxi, please? Customs. It's just. Ugh, there's so much like doo doo in it, and it just. It's, ugh, it disappoints me. It's. It's so. But I'm. But I'm not surprised at this point in the. In the. In the. In the. I guess general. Uh, timeline. I shouldn't be surprised, but yeah, it was just I, it just really blew me away <laughs> how much I hated it. <laughs> yeah, this next one, the ascent is just as rough. Um, I think first class is okay. Uh, Kano actually sitting and Lethal Bizzle they sound good on this, so you know that was the one fucking Wiley and Kano song Ditch. that's listenable. Uh, Skill Zone is okay, but Hands in the Air it sounds exactly like the Lonely Island song Shrooms from two thousand nine. I think he might have even sampled that beat. It's just the exact same beat almost. Like awful. Uh the the hook to reload, man. That build up to the breakdown like a real dubstep beep, no. Chainsaw, no. What that hook is, I don't. Loud every like it's just and it gets worse. Heatwave is this woeful pop electro oh, thing. Oh yeah. S- I, 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 uh. Bro, is that so yeah. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> spe- <laughs> <laughs> okay, this album chart at twenty six. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm not surprised. That yeah, that was everywhere. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, heatwave. Oh gosh, God what a track. 
Well, then the next song has Far East Movement on it called So Alive. That's horrible. Lights On is horrible. Can You Hear Me inexplicably has 41 million Spotify streams. That's a... I don't understand it, man. I... I don't understand. Tomorrow features Mega Man. Um, the midsection of that is just woo. It's just woo. Like, uh, it's fucking, it's bad, man. I, I felt like I was listening to an Eminem song with Skylar Grey on the hook. Oh, you know, it's just... I go mixed up. So, Can You Hear Me was the fun of what I was thinking of. But yeah, Heat Wave. I remember. Oh, I remember Can Heat You Hear Me. Yeah, those well, two that tracks. would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense can that it's Can You Hear Me. Bro. Yeah, that was a, ba- that, that was a bang. <laughs> I can't even hold you. Look, nah. hold you. I did like Heat Wave, though. I did not like Heat Wave. That that beat, well, that beat was ugh, so gut bubblegum. We get to my heart, which is Emily Sande and French Montana. Yeah, tell me what what, what was that saying? Because I love me so many Sande, you know this. So I'm just, but I hate French Montana. So okay, l- well let me let me hit you with French's verse. Let me hit you with some bars. <laughs> our our money hands. grow, spend it. Can you I'm do that? To, wait, say. I need you just one day for a goof. Just just count how many hairs the British <laughs> Montana does. <laughs> I need those stats. <laughs> well, they, Genius didn't list them, which was really disappointing. Oh, no. I, like, I wanted to know the, the hand count. But, so okay, he, yeah, he give raps, me the lyrics. Come on. Our money grows, spend it. I'm trying to touch that ceiling. Popping bottles, caught a million. Foreign car, dropped the ceiling. Get that type, now what? call my dog. I ain't trying to shop, drive by that store. French Montana, cool boy talk, dope boy not, Ugh. dope boy walk. Want mm. you, baby, fuck that hoe. Want you now, can't take none foe. Wanna break bread, that shit hard. <laughs> Bro, wow. it's horrific. Like, I, I have no idea what the fuck he was... Humble Pie is not bad. Humble Pie, the final, I think it's... Well, it may not be the final song, but one of the songs on there. It's not bad, but... um. Nah, this was just woeful. Like genuinely, mm. at this point in Wiley's career, I I don't know what. And and this was came out on Warner. It went twenty six. Mm. Two thousand thirteen. Well, of course, yeah. fucking awful year for hip hop. But like Jesus, <laughs> man, this was this was low tier even for that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, we get we get we get a little bit of a rise now. Uh, mm. I think uh, the stock has been plummeting in the past past few albums, but uh. I feel like uh, I feel like snakes and ladders is the way up. Um, you know, there, there's there's a there, there's one weird there's one track that is just weird that it's there, and we'll get to I'll get to in a sec just for just for the sake of uh, you know being coy. Um, but this is not bad. I don't mind this album. Um, you know, from the outside with him, Teddy and Jamie hit heater. Um, Twenty fourteen Stormzy um, grew up in. Uh, BMO Field, um, and if you listen to that and you're wondering where that beat, where you've heard that beat, it's also the same beat used in uh, Stormzy's uh, Know Me From. Where do you know me from? But it's essentially the same beat. Um, so, uh, and that's and that's good. So I, I, like, I like the beat. It's a nice beat. Uh, it's, a, it's very dark and dingy. Um, it's like, bop, 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 bop. it's very nice. I like it. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, but, you know he, BMO Field, he does his thing on that. He, go, he, he, he goes on a long one. Like, he doesn't he doesn't chill. Like there's no hook, no nothing. It's just one fat verse. Uh, he goes off on it. It's actually it's actually really good. Like uh, it's like one saying enough. MCs want to hype twice. You think uh, you know cold? Check this rain. It's ice. Uh, smoking that loudest green part of my vice. I've got dons in my hood are cool, but some who ain't nice. 
it's, it's some good stuff on there, right? Um, Flying with Chip was a bit of a year to me. Um, Hollow the Don, uh, the, uh, the 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 rap uh, uh, battle rap legend uh, comes through, drops a, drops drops some heaters for a, for nearly half a minute. That was kind of that was kind of nice uh, change of pace. Um, but then we have like when we have this one called Lonely with J.R. Writer Problem, Good mm, uh, Gooder, and Cameron. Killer Cam. Why? Where? Where? <laughs> what? Why? Why? Is this... How did Gooda Gooda get on that? <laughs> well, like, that's why I'm a bit what? confused How... about. Why is this song on this album? <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad it's a track. Random, random. It's just a, it was just really out of place. Like it, it was just right smack bang in the middle of the album, and I was just like, okay. And it was just like Mad Americans, like. Wiley, yeah. Like, I was like, okay, uh, who are these people? And it's like, JR, good, good, camera. What the fuck? Problem? Like, why are, we, why are you here? Um, so, yeah, you know, it's not a great track um, by any means, but it was just, it, it, even when I said it, it was just jarring that it was right in the middle of this, you know. Honestly, a return to form. Um, I feel like, you know, Wiley stepped up a little bit here. Um, unfortunate solo forty fives on here. Um, this one, you know, if you want to do your googles on that front, um, but that's to be honest, can't can't predict the future on that front. But you know, it's um, I think Wiley uh, actually carries this album uh, relatively well. Um, you know, there's some nice stuff uh, just to you know keep things fresh. Um, I love um, uh, actually, is that even in the track list? I'm I'm looking at two track lists here, so I'm trying to figure it out. But no, no, it's not on here. But yeah, even when I said uh, this is a good album. This is it's not a bad album. So you know, hour or three minutes probably too long um you know could probably you know trim some tracks off but uh, it's, it's a return to form i feel so it's, it's actually not a bad album so you know it's not it's not clubby it's back to roots kind of thing um and i'm here for that so you know very very solid return to return to form well, back, here we go. back in the game here we go back with a banger godfather like yes sir uh this amazing album <laughs> holy shit this is Great his best album. album by like a massive margin back with a banger Great album. One of the best comeback tracks I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Wiley spread the production love around for this. He only had production credit on the first song. After that, it's a genuine smorgasbord, and I think that's to the benefit. Um, speaker box, fire. Bang, fire. Uh, bait face, fucking fire. This album is a classic. It came out via CTA Records, Wiley's seventh different label to, re- to release a record on. It goes number nine. This is independent. By the way, this one, the last album, or I think The Ascent was Warner. So, uh, while he's only top 25 album. Um, so, the question is, I guess, what happened? And firstly, just like his last, I think, great album, Playtime is Over, this was meant to be his last album. And these are some of the words he gave to Fader prior to the album. He said, I don't think I've had a masterpiece album. I've had a crazy 15 years. That's what I've had. I've been an idiot at so many different stages where I could have been smart. I could have been patient a bit to make the product a bit better. There's so much shit that I've done that didn't help me. Being erratic, even battling with myself. In 06, I had my first daughter and I realized, you know what, Wiley? You've got to deliver. You've got no time to decide whether it's grime you're going to chart with or not. You need to know that you'll be feeding this child. The movement was coming through and Skepta was coming through hard. I had to make a decision. John Wolfe, my manager, explained to me, when we leave this industry, if you haven't got anything, any chart positions or PRS, which are royalties from Radio Success, who are you? What are you going to do to feed your child? And he was right. But I was meant to wait until the sound, grime, came back around, whether my child was born or not. 
When my child was born, I should have worked in a retail store before I'd done any pop music. Now clearly, Wiley was comfortable enough to embrace the legacy that he created on this record, and we spoke about Skepta not emceeing until Wiley told him he should emcee. We spoke about Wiley mentoring Dizzy Rascal, about creating Roll Deep, being at the forefront of Rinse FM in 94, and being one of the first grime MCs anyone outside of South London ever heard, thanks to Pirate Radio. So if we sit here and say Skepta and Dizzy Rascal changed UK hip-hop forever, we can never skip out on Wiley. But his relationship with the subgenre became really disjointed through, you know, the last decade. And it's ironic that his return to it signaled the most commercial and critical success he would ever see on an album. I really like that. Um, This is his masterpiece and his opus. I think very rarely do you get an album making such a bold statement as The Godfather and then just living up to it, you know? And to name this a Godfather after all that came before him, all that he'd influenced and all the incredible grime we'd seen in the 17 years prior, for him to come and clean it all up and deliver it in the perfect package, that was a special achievement and entirely unexpected because Wiley is flammable, you know? It's difficult to bottle that and present that. I think what we've seen is that erratic nature of him has meant that he's influenced people and created some incredible music but he's also had a lot of missteps godfather is is peerless and it's it there's no missteps it's it's quite a flawless album um it's a great project man okay um lukewarm take but take nevertheless i think godfather 2 is his best album okay um i will agree that um godfather was like it's like if, if you know that's the first albums people should mention um but i do, i think i would you know i'd make a i'd make a claim that godfather 2 is as as good if not better um you know i call the shots of jamie um is a is a banger um that that's they they both just really do well on that um it's it's, it's a real nice track lyrically it's just wonderful uh, just about calling shots, basically. Uh, Bar with DW and Scratchy, Heater. All of these are pretty much heaters, actually. I feel, I feel, I feel. You know, there's no. Actually, I don't think there's a skip here. I really don't think. But it comes. But there's one track I want to mention just overall, and I think it really ties off. Um, if this was his last album, which I kind of wish it was for the sake of this episode, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> I wish this was his last album because of the track Still Standing, where he literally begins it, and this is kind of like, a, this kind of brings down the, uh, you know, the first half of this album is very energetic, it's very, you know, back to roots kind of thing, and I'm here for that, right? But then it comes to this track, and it kind of mellows out from here on in. Um, you also get tracks like Crash with Sinead, uh, Shin- is it Sinead or Sinead? Aren't it? She's probably Sinead. Um, over it with Maurice Moore and Over the Edge with Kyla and Red Free Two. There is there is no better f- there is no better feature to have on your last track than Red Free Two. I swear he does it so many times on people's albums and just fucking knocks it out of the park. Anyway, um, but yeah, on Still Standing, he goes. He literally starts it off with this. I lost my confidence and got it back. Had chart success. It was fake though. I should have kicked back. I weren't chasing the art, I was chasing the check, slacking. Now I see clear for real, let's get it cracking. Esky boy's back in, yeah, I'm back in town, back in town. So he literally just starts off like just copping and holding his hands up saying, I chased the check. Now with the arms that we've talked about during the 2000s, we could have gathered that. <laughs> like we could have gathered that, but it's so refreshing 
to hear that on an album such as this and for him to just out out, out and out just go yeah you know I chased a, I chased a chick I chased a chick I I went for the pee um and you know that's refreshing cuz you know we, met, we you know we mentioned Skepta we mentioned Dizzy Rascal you know and plenty other artists uh, throughout this past month of that you know were on the same boat right he wasn't the only one but I feel like I feel like uh, Wiley, you know, said it very explicitly, and I don't think the others have said it as explicitly that you know they chased. Um, not that it's not, not it's wrong or anything, you know, get your coins. But you know, the the game, the get like we said with the Skepta episode, you know, the whole of the whole black music, uh, you know, in terms of this essence of you know rap and uh, grime and UK rap, whatever you want to call it. You know, there was an identity lost, and it you know got lost in this EDM source. Um, but Wiley, you know, straight straight up goes on this track, and you know goes, "I chase a chick," which is very refreshing. Um, and like I said, past this album, it kind of you know simmers down, um, which which is a nice change of pace. And uh, you know, it kind of it's it's an album of two halves. I feel um, you know half half album of bangers, um, half album of more you know just um, not softer tracks, but just a more. Uh, just more laid back, I'd say. But even with that said, you know he he continues with the wily isms, right? On a you know fashion week, J.K. suited effect. Let me go and do this thing. Artists are fine, they win. I'm happy they're doing their thing. Pour me a glass of the thing. Gaudem smiling grin. Couple dons want to act loud, but I don't hype. I win. Uh, some like vodka or lemonade. Some like gin and uh, tonic and gin. Some like vodka and lemonade. Yeah, it's it's you know it's wilyism. So. You know, but uh, it kind of tones down after that. So, but damn, man, I just, I just love the fact that he was very honest um, about that, and you rarely get that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think this album's of of the same quality, if not better, than The Godfather. But I'll leave that for I'll leave that for the comments. Yeah, um, unfortunately, it's not his last album, though. <laughs> no, I wish it was. I really wish it was. Well, I, I don't hate Godfather Three. I think it's a good album. I think it's, um, it's okay. It's okay. I think it's good. I think... Actually, what is on here? Let me check. <laughs> I forget. Well, I think the Godfather yeah. trilogy is, is is very good. Uh, yeah, despite yeah, my, yeah. It's a, gr- it's a great trilogy, actually. Yeah. Despite it's my um, rising resentment towards Wiley due to his, his comments, I, I cannot help but say I think the Godfather trilogy is one of the best trilogies I've heard in hip-hop. I think, uh, you know, about Wiley's entire career as a whole, the journey, the scattered releases, the record labels, the stabbings, the, the chaos... To come back with three great entries into the genre uh, so late in his career is is more than just admirable. I think it's quite astonishing. If you think about the, everything that had come before, um, I don't really need to say huge amount more. I think the vibes back really blew my mind in the headphones last night. Um, there's not a bad song on here. Amsterdam gave me that old school debut album uh, feel. I think Dizzy would have been incredible on that song it sounds like it samples the song from dizzy's debut album and just it has that sound uh the west london then the south london couplet uh south london is, is a great song it's a good album man it's it's a really really good album i can't fault it yeah and uh yeah then we uh then we get uh, the same year actually but boasty gang the album um which uh put simply is uh, a real departure um, from just anything, and basically is a, a entirely a, a dancehall album, uh, which I am not against. Uh, you know, he gets uh, people like uh, he, he's actually 
I don't think he's actually featured in, in a lot of these tracks. Yeah, I was um, curious if, about that because when I listen yeah, to it, I'm uh, like, where is Wiley on this song? Yeah, so uh, yeah, he kind of gives the album to other people. So uh, you know, have a uh, Delapo and Rico down on Bad Like We, uh, Chucky Hype, uh, Rico down, Chucky Hype, Rico down, Chucky Hype. Uh, you know, and then I guess it, 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 after Bosi, it kind of goes back to just Wiley on uh, on um, you know dancehall tracks. Fireman is kind of Bosi Part Two, kind of gives off the same essence. Um, it's it's Bosi without the without Stefan Don, uh, Sean Paul and uh, Idris, uh, which um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard. Uh, this is the All Wiley edition, uh, which I'm sure you're all rushing to Spotify to listen to right now. Um, on that on that minor note, uh, I love the fact that on that track uh, with Idris, Stefan and uh, Sean Paul, Idris goes. Um, I think he goes like uh, all my writing, no ghosty, something like that, and it just makes me laugh because no nobody was nobody was thinking uh, that you had uh, Ghostwriters uh, Idris uh, with that with that verse. So <laughs> it just it just made me yeah. I write for myself, no ghosty. I was just like, yes, we are aware, <laughs> we are we are acutely aware. You I do hope have so because if you paid for those bars, <laughs> then you got rinsed. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, bosses. Oh, God. Shout out to Hard They Fall. He bosses on that. Um, He looks like Rick Ross, which jars me on that film. Um, But, yeah, apart from that, that's my uh, two-second Hard They Fall review featuring Idris. Um, But, yeah, it's a a dancehall album. It's very, uh, very, you know, departure from everything else, uh, which is, I guess, cool. But, uh, you know, it kind of gets carried by, you know, a lot of other artists, which... um, you know, if you're if you like them artists, go for it. But um, you're gonna have to do some digging on that front. It doesn't actually. It just says Wiley on the on the Spotify tracklist anyway. So you're gonna have to do some digging on who's who. But um, I love the track Signal. That's that's probably one track I'll shout. Out. I love that track Signal. It's a it's a, it's a real mm, copper wine kind of. You know. Yeah, yeah. What do you know, Ben? Anyway. Hmm. Well. <laughs> so. He drops an album in 2021 called Anti-Systemic, and I didn't listen to the album, and I have no intention of listening to it. Um, oh, right. I think, well, let me just speak for a second. That's probably the first time. Is that the first time we've done that? I feel like that's the first yeah. time we've, like, just... I think so. None of us has listened to the album. I think so. And the reason why Absolutely. I didn't listen to it is, as we have just demonstrated, hopefully, you can give an objective retelling of the influence and talent of a flawed individual. And I'm happy to discuss with any listener if they think we've crossed a line or not in doing a Wiley retrospective. I'm totally, I don't feel super comfortable having done it, but I also recognize that, you know, we are journalists in a sense. And I do believe that we have to adhere to some elements of journalism that I don't always agree with, which is we're we're Mm -hmm. retelling, like we're giving... Mm -hmm. We're giving a history, you know, and what say? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon we are. How are we not? Like we do this every week. Like I, I think we are. And we've spoken about what the line is numerous times on this podcast, and what line must an artist cross for us to never engage with them again. And we all agree that line is R. Kelly. You know, I don't ever need to hear anything from him. or about him ever again. I'm happy to strike him from yeah. the musical record. But I do feel mm-hmm. I do feel it's important to acknowledge artists like Wiley, even if they hold bigoted and damaging beliefs, for two reasons. One, you can do or say horrible things and still be still give something valuable to this world or have given something valuable in the past. And two, 
There are plenty of regular people out there who actually hold these beliefs, and we can't change those beliefs, those wrong beliefs. I'm saying these, these beliefs are not acceptable in society. We can't change them by merely ignoring them. And I think that's partly how Trump got elected and almost wholly how the Australian world-famous prime minister got elected by the quiet Australians. So ignoring these people and their beliefs doesn't work. Eviscerating them and making them feel like they have no value or worth in this world absolutely doesn't work. I think understanding where their views come from and reaching out to them from a place of understanding. And I say understanding, that doesn't mean agreement. Uh, I think that's a much better way of moving forward. And what happened with Wiley, and I will give a bit of a, like, um, let me just get this up. So he's banned. He's banned from all social media. You will not see him on social media. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, gone. He was investigated by the police. So what happened was on July 14, 2020, he began an assault on the Jewish community. Uh, which was followed up on the controversy surrounding Nick Cannon's comments. And I won't repeat what Wiley said, um, but if you need to know, you can find it. He was investigated by the police, and that investigation was only dropped when it was revealed he was actually in the Netherlands when he posted his comments, meaning that he didn't come under British law. And in an interview on the 29th of July in 2020, he claimed he wasn't a racist and he apologized for generalizing but that interview is by no means conciliatory. He doubles down on a lot of his comments. And I do not believe in telling Wiley's side of the story on here. I do not believe there's any justification for the kind of comments he made. And it saddens me that I have to end this episode with such a heavy disclaimer. Um, we've celebrated the achievements of Wiley's musical career in this episode, but we will never condone hatred against any group or person under any circumstance. And, you know, again, a lot of people may ask why we would even do the episode in the first place. And to me, the answer is just really simple. The influence he had on British music doesn't cease to exist. And oh, we'd gosh. be remiss if we skipped over an essential pillar in the history of grime music. Um, I think if we didn't do this episode as well, we wouldn't have the opportunity to educate people about what he said and explain this is not acceptable. So... I don't think it's wrong for doing this episode. I didn't feel super comfortable with it, but I just wanted to say that at the end there. Um, yeah, that's it, man. I will never listen to any systemic. I, I don't believe in, in doing that, but um, yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, yeah, uh, a, a big point is uh, you know how we contextualize things um, and... You know, there's there's artists that we've done before that you know have things like uh, of this not even not even of this particular nature, but just of other just heinous uh, natures. Um, and you know, we've still gone through it. So mm-hmm. that was kind of just my thought about it all, uh, put simply. But uh, you know, you kind of put it succinctly, and uh, it's still history. Excuse me, in itself. Um, <clears throat> and. Uh, you know, uh, it's 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 an interesting finish, I guess. <laughs> I feel like we probably should have done this. Uh, I don't know, maybe like the first first uh, Black History Month episode instead of the last. Um, I would have changed that probably if uh, if I had to be Billy. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting it's an interesting case subject, obviously, of having someone that's so pioneering, and you know, a lot of the artists we've even mentioned in this episode kind of have him to thank, like uh, you know. We've only done his albums, but he has a fuck ton of mixtapes oh, and yeah. a fuck ton of just yeah. He has he, he has. He's I, I don't think he's ever 
Uh, yeah, he's put on a lot of people. Uh, he's, you know, we'll probably do Roll Deep at some point in time, right? That's a that's a big fucking undertaking in itself, but you know that's worthy. Um, and yeah, so you know he's done a he's done a lot for the for 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 the game, right? Uh, but yeah, you know, like like with a lot of people, nobody's uh, nobody's perfect, and uh, this guy is clearly not. Um, you know, is the fact that he's been he's avoided death so many times uh mm. it's just a is a is a is a miracle in itself um but uh yeah man it's it's it's, it's a crazy one but um any but you know past that um you know it's been a decent uh uk black history month once again um any uh, well it's gonna be the first i think the november next time we do an episode so uh you know this will be the last one um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of it's 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 all encompassing, and none of it, and not all of it, can be from a positive light. And like you said, journalist, oh fuck, you know, oh I feel like some purist gonna be pissy about that if I ever hear that. Oh, nah, come on, man, you. we don't want to get I'm down this though. fucking thing. I'm here for that <laughs> a million percent. If you don't think that we're journalists, then explain to me what the fuck a journalist is. Like, oh gosh, come on, what is a journalist? Historians. An individual trained to collect, da- collect, gather information in form of text, audio, or pictures, process them to a newsworthy form, and disseminates it to the public. That's literally what we do. That is literally what we do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Dis- I'm not. I'm not disagreeing, bruv. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just. Nah, uh, I've had some issues with. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, there's, pe- there's people in my uh, my upper. Yeah, you know, but uh, I think I think that's just because of the widening net, and uh, you know, if you give it to somebody, then uh, you know they they might, I don't know, get a leg up. I don't know, I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's kind of been my lighter note. Uh, without saying it's a lighter note, by the way, just uh, with how you know it's been. Obviously, I I've, we've done this. This is second year we've done it, and uh, you know, I feel like it's always a worthy. It's it's a nice refreshing. Uh, difference, especially musically, um, going across these people. Um, but you know, and and also you know, kind of comments on just like uh, hip hop and black music in general um, of what we consider black music, um, and that's a, obviously a wide ranging definition. Uh, but you know, this is these these stuff like Wiley and Skepta and all that stuff is so organic. Um, and so uh grassroots it just really it really you know brings me to uh uh to th- to thinking like what what can be next you know and because uh, at the moment everyone's experiencing i think a real golden age at the moment you know and people are you know people like you know dave are like selling out uk us tour stops um in seconds like he did a couple of days ago so and obviously Stormzy, Stormzy, like people like that, and you know, it's just, it's there's a lot of doors being opened here. Um, the, you know, it's 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 great to see, um, but I still want to see that uh, you know, that evolution in some fashion, uh, in, in into into what what's next. But uh, you know, that's that's for the future, and uh, we'll be hopefully, I guess, here at some point to talk about it in some fashion. Uh, but yeah, everything else on that, Ben. <laughs> No, no, I think I, I love these. I love these, honestly. Like, I had never listened to a Carla before, for example. Um, learned so much and 
just yeah man i i really obviously i didn't know about the wiley stuff um i didn't know much about skepta i didn't know how far back skepta went i had no idea he was from Mm -hmm. that from that early i was thinking i think i said to charlie once like oh you know skepta's of the new school and you're like no he's not he's from so (laughs) you know i think that it's 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 been great it's been honestly i love these um i love these mini series that we do they they i i fucking learn a shitload so yeah man and uh Next week, man, we're gonna we're gonna be doing it. We're gonna be breaking down Boosie and his obsession with Lil Nas X. Oh, are we really? It's no, we're not. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. Oh Lord, yeah. Uh, well, we do. We are. Uh, well, it's kind of given away, but we are doing a, uh, a bites next week. Uh, we could do bites. I think it's five uh, five weeks in november so we're gonna do bites gonna do a few retrospectives and a contemporary call as well and uh, we have been brainstorming on a new uh kind of you know a, a mini series of the a nature of the itd bites journalistic uh, endeavor a new journalistic endeavor um similar to bites and contemporary call um but uh we're, we're still brainstorming on that front but you know we might have it i don't know maybe kickstarter next year i'll give us some time on that front get get put it in the oven See how, see how it comes out. Uh, but for now, we're going to do a, a bites next week, a couple of retrospectives, and a contemporary call somewhere in between. And with that said, that has been October, ladies and gentlemen. Well, still got like a whole week left, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, so that's been October. It's been the UK Black History Month series over here from the Fifth Amendment Podcast. So it's been Digging Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode in the whole month. I have been Chai Tail or the Fifth Element. I've been Ben Kyra Football Numbers. We hope you all have a good week. We shall always, always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show is Peace and Video Games by Bonus Points. As a jailbreak for me to use. Socials for the Fulfillment, Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points, and Job Records will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a Fifth Podcast Network production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time. I'm digging in the digits. <laughs>